Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. And today we're talking to the men in the audi- audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are there any men in the audience? Mm, not that I know of, but... I don't know. Some of the women in our Facebook told us that their husbands listen, which I was extremely flattered by. <laughs> Yeah, but Whatever. I think it's awesome if some men listen and and enjoy it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. This one's for them. It's like, even though we're not going to do the best job representing men because we don't have penises, but... Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's, that's another why... podcast for another time. <laughs> that's why I can't get pregnant. Oh, shoot. <laughs> this just in. Sarah has a penis. No, she doesn't. She I do doesn't. not. No. She does not. Um, but before we talk about men and penises and sperm, just a very few short business items. The first one is, and we've been meaning to say this for a while, but for people that maybe have tried to join the Facebook group but haven't found yourself like, I, I'm trying to get in. I can't get in. Make sure you answer the three brief questions because we don't let you in (laughs) unless you answer the questions. You don't answer the questions, you don't get in. Sorry. Simple as that. We're that that exclusive with the Infertile Mafia. Well, we don't (laughs) know why, if you don't answer the questions, we don't know why you want to get in or if you even know what you're getting yourself into. That's true. Which we all know, infertility is a minefield. It's just not for everyone. <laughs> right. And we've already had to weed out some riffraff. So the questions are there for your safety and security. You're, wel- you're welcome, everyone. We did? Yeah. Maybe you did. I Was did. I there? I don't know. Oh, I think we've talked about it. Uh, but we've had know. a few people get in that really just didn't need to be in the Facebook group. Hmm. <laughs> Mostly people, I'll just, okay, I'll say it, that wanted to sell you guys stuff and we don't want people that oh. are going to get in there and try to sell you guys stuff. Yeah. Trying to protect you from that. That's so, the questions are there for a reason. So if for some reason, like a friend adds you or you've tried to get in and you didn't answer the questions, that's, I, that you probably didn't, get, yeah, just answer the questions. That's it. Yeah, we're we're trying to protect you from the Ava bracelet. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Ava bracelet and what what's the other stuff people sell? Stork? Just like juices and oh, yeah. oils and people sell a lot of shit. I mean, you probably already have friends selling it, so Exactly. You don't need to buy it from a stranger. No, and you don't need to go inside the Infertile Mafia for that. Like that's just not what it's for. So no. anyway. Anyway, we were also going to talk about an article that popped up on my phone from Vox. And it's about myco- <laughs> mitochondrial replacement therapy, or MRT. And this is illegal in the United States. But it's a new therapy that replaces mitochondrial DNA with healthy mitochondrial dna 
So it's a three, it could be a three parent baby, but in the U.S. It's insane. Yeah. In the U.S., um, Congress has said no to it because of a writer in a bill. So it's not like they said no to it specifically, but someone added in a writer or something to a bill that keep is keeping it illegal. But I'm going to link that article below in... I'm not sure if this will change the DNA coming from the father's side, but I know that it's replacing the mother's DNA, which is the mitochondrial DNA. Mm. So we need to look into it more if you guys want to hear more about this. It's really interesting. But it is. Yeah, but the problem that people have with it ethically is it changes the germline dna which is the dna that is passed down instead of it just changing the dna of the individual it changes the dna of future generations so that is an issue people have but anyway plus plus it's just really hard to wrap your head around having three biological parents right or i guess you could use a donor egg and then you could put the mother's DNA in it too. Yeah, but you still have three biological parents. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that more. Let us know if you want to know more about this and we will look into it and maybe talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. Interesting is the right word for me right now. I got to know more. <laughs> yeah, and I also saw on Netflix a show about CRISPR, which is somewhat related to this MRT. And CRISPR is different. Like, it can edit the genes more so than this therapy. So, yeah. But... Then again, have, I'm sure you've heard this before, that like if you use donor eggs that you, the baby has, or if you use a surrogate on the flip side of that, like baby gets DNA from both the egg and from the whoever carries it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the blood and everything mixes, but I don't know if the Correct. DNA manifests itself not the way this does <laughs> no but but I the dna is in their body yeah that's what that's more of what i meant like there's already a little bit of precedent for having three biological parents and in a manner of speaking and the dna of the baby is in whoever carries its body correct yes which like there have been studies where male dna is found in the brain of mothers like their son's dna crazy yeah do you think that i wonder if that's comforting for anyone who's had a miscarriage i don't know not to get dark on everyone every time we talk about miscarriage we get we go we get dark (laughs) but seriously like you have a piece of them with you all the time i feel like that's comforting it's kind of sweet it is sweet like, they, they'll always be with you, a piece of them. Oh Well, let's move on to what this episode <laughs> is about. Sarah's like, I don't want to sit in this. 
um okay so yeah so let's since we're talking to the men and they're the the people we're highlighting today i thought i should give another history lesson for everyone on uh the history of semen analysis ready sarah yeah i'm ready (laughs) i think i feel like we should someday when you're not pregnant do like a have you seen the tv show drunk history uh i haven't watched it but i've heard of it you know the premise yeah (laughs) i think we could do that with like drunk infertility history that'd be fun just get a little tipsy and then tell stories about (laughs) yeah i'd totally be down for that okay when i was on the calendar (laughs) when i was doing the uh ttc tribe podcast that didn't go anywhere (laughs) i i would sometimes drink if i recorded at night because i get nervous interviewing people (laughs) well sarah i don't think it's a secret to you or anyone that's listening every time we record at night i'm drinking (laughs) so i would be Um, if i could i may or may not be drinking right now yeah it's a sunday afternoon come on (laughs) i'm allowed to have a dos equis okay so (laughs) anton do you see his name yeah uh how would you say that (laughs) lee hoke Hokey? Uh, hokey. No, Hoke. He's got a Hokey name. Anton Van... I think it's... Oh, like, I forgot the Van. Van Leeuwenhoek. And Anton Van Leeuwenhoek. Oh, yeah. The W would make a V sound. I think he's Dutch. I so think it I, still counts. It's like German. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of vowels. So... Yeah, okay, but the dude's name, Anton van Leeuwenhoek. And oh, that sounded good. <laughs> We're just going to go with it. It might be totally wrong, but it sounds right. So he was the guy who, so he was like a master craftsman of draperies, right? <laughs> I wish you guys could see Sarah's face sometimes. That's random. I know it's like you know I'm a I'm a I'm a drapery craftsman but on the side I like to study sperm. You know everyone <laughs> has their hobbies, okay? And Don't you studied judge him, a guys. lot of sperm if you know what I mean. <laughs> so he was big into drapes, also big into sperm <laughs> and politics. And politics. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his political leaning was. I do know that we're going back to 1677. So this was a long, t- long time ago. Okay. And uh, he invented a microscope, essentially. It was really just a lens, a high p- <laughs> high-powered lens. And uh, so he just was like, hey, what can I look at under this lens? Can't you just see it? Like, I'm going to... Anything he could get his hands on. Let's look at <laughs> Literally. some splooge. Yeah. It's like, let's try out splooge. Let's see. So in 1677, he was able to view sperm cells from two semen samples. <laughs> <laughs> his own and his student apprentice, 
Johan Ham. How old was, was Johan Ham? Yeah, student apprentice. Mm-hmm. There might have been a little risky business going Poor on. Poor Johan. <laughs> when I first read this, I first, like, when I was just skimming it, I read John Ham. <laughs> so in my mind it's don draper <laughs> in this story oh i was thinking the wet hot american summer movie oh but it's john ham right yeah yeah so in my so because check out um anton down there i put a picture of him for you sarah see yeah him? yeah with his hair yeah that hair is like what is his secret to those curls it's a wig. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. Wig snatched. <laughs> so I'm picturing this guy. I'll post him on our Instagram page. This guy, Anton and John Ham. Okay. This is. <laughs> okay. Um, that's what's happening. Just two guys in the lab. Just a no big deal. <laughs> So, okay, so after viewing sperm in both samples, Anton wrote a letter to the Royal Society, which I don't know what that, do you know what that is? Uh, nope. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Just a Describing group of people. Yeah, a lot of probably fancy people, right? I don't know. And apparently they wanted to hear about sperm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, he wrote them a letter describing what he saw. And he said, I observed a multitude of, he called them, animalcules. Animalcules. That sounds like a, I like, it. like a TV show for little kids. Animalcules. Animalcules. Yeah, they need a, they need a theme song. They were less than a millionth the size of a coarse grain of sand with thin, undulating tails. Sounds about right. So he also included a sketch, which you can see above. And people say now that his sketch was like spot on in 1677. <laughs> so, Good for him. Yeah. He, no he noted that all the sperm cells he saw weren't identical. They were different shapes. Some had moving tails. Some had still tails. And so this drawing, along with the letter that he wrote, was basically provided the basis for how semen is an analyzed even today and how it was understood back then and now. So we have Anton and John Hamm to thank for their semen samples as the first semen analysis on record. Do you think the Royal Society is like, um, you just told us that you're molesting your apprentice? I'm guessing they didn't care. I'm thinking more they were like, um, why are you describing your splooge to us? Or they're like, that's what's in there? Mm-hmm. I also uh, read that he thought that there was like a little bitty tiny person inside the sperm. That just kept growing and like turned into a human being. So it all came from the man. Mm -hmm, of course. And so wouldn't that thought line go to people who can't have children that it's like a man's problem? Uh, Instead of the king cutting his wife's heads off? 
Right. Man, it's tough to be a woman. I don't, I mean, I'm sure they came up with some reason to justify why it has to be a woman's problem. I don't know. But that's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, Anton. You and your wig are just rocking it. <laughs> so uh, we asked uh, some listeners about if they would ask their husbands or spouses or whoever to share their experience from the male perspective. So we're going to share some of those. All right. Uh, the first one's from Kendall. She said, my hubby told me about the most awkward parts of the jerk-off room. Yes, there, yes, tell me. <laughs> there was no chair anywhere for him to sit, so he had to stand there, pants around his ankles, and take care of business. Mm. He should have just taken his pants all the way off. <laughs> just get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he finished, the res- I, do they usually do it sitting down? I don't know. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. <laughs> I don't know. No, I haven't. I don't know a lot of. It seems like of all the jerk off room stories we've heard and shared, most men stand up. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when he finished, the receptionist asked method of retrieval. And he looked at her all puzzled and said, "Uh, manual. Is that right? (laughs) And she said, that works. (laughs) <laughs> I just wonder what other way is there I don't know <laughs> he's like I had some ribs removed <laughs> I mean the only thing I could think of is like if he brought it from home oh. or if like he had sex I don't and know. like had it in the in the special condo I don't know I mean, if she knew he was in the room. (laughs) I don't know. This poor guy. Uh, Manual? (laughs) Fleshlight? (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Kendall. And Kendall's man. I don't know your name, but thank you for sharing. Um, Our next one is from Sarah. She says, my husband says, while it hurts him too, the absolute worst part for him is watching me struggle. He's not good at talking about his feelings, so that's all I can get out of him. LOL. (laughs) That's probably pretty common. I can say I notice he gets very irritated when people are bad parents and he makes comments like, but we're the infertile ones. Um... Oh, okay. Not really a story, but my husband refers to the disposable pad that they put on the chair in the jerk-off room as a puppy pad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It probably is. It probably is. And he says he refuses to sit on it because it weirds him out, so he does the deed standing up. There we go. There's another Another one. one. Uh Uh-huh. I wouldn't sit on it. Ew. Why? Ugh. It's there for your protection. You have to sit on one when they do the mock transfer. You have to. There's all kinds of things like puppy pads that. Didn't uh, you? Um, with gynecological exams and then pregnancy and then after birth. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like there was one on the bed in the labor room, too. Oh, yeah. But you need a little more than a puppy pad. (laughs) I was one of the unlucky ones. 
that does mm. the thing that people are scared of. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> and I was like, look away, Peter. Look away. Oh. And oh, then I had to have a C section. <laughs> I know. You had you just I think God wanted you to experience every part of pregnancy and birth. And infertility. And infertility. Add uh, that. Yeah. Um, but that's funny. The puppy pad. Yeah. I would have sat on it. Uh, <laughs> Beth says, my husband said his biggest struggle is trying to be emotionally tough for me. He said it's hard to watch me be poked and prodded and the emotional effects on me. He said, I know you will eventually be carrying our baby and giving birth and you have to go through all of this first and it sucks and isn't fair. He also said that he is so humbled and falls more in love with me because I'm going through all this to be able to one day carry his baby. Aww. Aww. What a sweet talker. (laughs) That's so sweet. That's exactly what we need to hear, Beth's husband. I think that was a really common theme that we heard that the men a lot of them said the hardest thing was like almost feeling useless because there's not a whole lot that they can do and most of the like she said poking prodding all the procedures like majority of it falls on women so I I would imagine that that would be hard yeah uh, okay, so this next one, we we're are... going to role play. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to okay. be Dan. Yeah, Sarah's going to be Dan. I'm going to be Miriam. Um, where are they from? Should they have an accent, maybe? Uh, I can't do an <laughs> accent. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could read it in a Texas accent. Sure. Okay, Miriam, you are officially Texan, Okay. Okay, here we go. I can turn this on. Here we go. Channel my inner Texan. Okay. Oh, and just so you know, she, Miriam was at work with her husband, and so she had him captive. And that's how this next conversation was brought to you. Yes. I think she, I think they were in the car together. He was taking her to work. Oh. So she was like, Listen, I have some questions. Oh, I was thinking that she went to work with him. But well, she's... this makes more sense. That <laughs> okay. he drove her to work. Here we go. Texas Miriam. How does our journey make you feel? <laughs> Mad and useless. I feel like I'm to blame. He's not. I have PCOS. I feel useless because all I have to do is go into a room and makes a jerk off hand motion. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Sarah just made a jerk off hand motion. And you have to go almost daily to be poked and prodded and then have surgery and be in lots of pain. I feel like there's nothing I can do to help. I just stab you in the stomach every day and you get ice packs. What's worse? The jerk-off room or giving me shots? First. <laughs> I should have done this as like an effeminate voice. Because I feel like I'm better at that. First, don't call it a jerk-off room. <laughs> You're making it weird. Stop making it weird. 
<laughs> I hate giving you shots. <laughs> no man, uh, no man wants to think about stabbing their wife every day unless they're like uh, Marshall Mathers. <laughs> I feel like a monster when oh, I do. No. <laughs> I don't like hurting you. I just have to keep thinking this is all worth it. <laughs> okay. Dan just termed extremely feminine there at the end. <laughs> oh, man. I hope Miriam and Dan are not insulted right now. <laughs> I'm really glad she sent us a script. <laughs> I know. We are in no way making fun of you guys. We're just idiots is all it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so she, after he says, don't call it a jerk off room, you're making it weird, stop making it weird, she, she follows up with another question on the jerk off room. She says, so what are your thoughts on the room? It's awkward. Next question. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. And then she finally says, last thoughts? I think I'm a good person and would be a great dad. So why Aww. is it? Oh, I'm not making fun of him at all. So why is it that people who don't even try can have a kid? I'm excited because we got so close with our last round and I just know it's going to work this time. I'm just ready. Um, and then she said our first round ended in miscarriage and we are planning our next uh, frozen embryo transfer. Yeah. And she also said that Dan is a trooper and he's a bigger help than he knows. He hates talking about this kind of stuff. So I appreciate that he opened up a little bit to me. We appreciate Aww, it yeah. too. Thanks, Dan. We I'm were sorry. not making fun of you, Dan. No, 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 no. Not at all. I mean, I feel like that's the essence of, like, why there's not very many outlets or resources for men going through infertility because of exactly what Dan said. He's like, it's awkward. Next question. <laughs> Pretty much sounds like what Peter would say. Yeah, they don't want to linger on it like we do and literally analyze everything about everything. I yeah I just look at Peter I'm like what do you what's wrong he's like nothing mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here I'm like tell me what you're thinking about oh, right. yeah or Bill's like well now I'm thinking that you're annoying <laughs> pretty much so, yeah so thanks for doing that Miriam mm-hmm. we we enjoyed that thank you and tell Dan thank you give yes. him a big hug and a big smooch from the infertile mafia yeah or, I mean if that's weird just from you from you <laughs> and yeah. say give him a high five from us there you go <laughs> or give him a no i better not i was gonna make a really bad inappropriate joke i won't all right uh. <laughs> <laughs> like what is it gonna be but well, i can guess yeah i mean the whole time we've been talking about doing this episode i keep getting that song in my head let's yummy, hear yummy. for the boy oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say, yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy. <laughs> that song? <laughs> you heard that song? In the context of sperm, that is just... <laughs> I think that's what it's about. Really? 
You just ruined that song for me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sarah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. I'm going to have to go back and listen now. Maybe we can play one of these two songs on the bump out. Okay. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that song, uh, the second line of that song, it's like, Let's hear it for the boy, isn't it? Let's give the boy a hand. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about that. So we're just ruining songs left and right for people on this podcast. I guarantee none of you are going to listen to either one of those songs the same way again. I don't know how you could listen to the yummy, yummy song and not Mm. hear that. I th- I would think of like cake or a hot dog. Oh, um, <laughs> not, I'm not thinking of things that I enjoy eating. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, okay. The next thing we're going to do is play an interview, or not an interview, a conversation that I had with Bill. So uh, I felt like that you guys needed at least one actual perspective from a man that wasn't me and Sarah. So I roped Bill into being interviewed. So we'll go ahead and play his interview now. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing. Uh, I feel like I'm actually doing an... I feel like I'm actually doing a remote interview with someone because you're in our closet and I'm still in Houston. Who do who do I remind you of right now? I don't know. My wife. <laughs> no, I thought I thought you would say Steve Bartman. Oh. Yeah, except he was a Cubs fan. I know, I need the Cubs hat. I'm wearing an Astros hat, but I have the glasses and I have the -the over-the-ear headphones. Well, you should have thought of that before you wore it on the jet ski and let it sink to the bottom of the lake. (laughs) I know. I lost my Cubs hat, you guys. I loved that thing. Bill got that hat for me the very first time he took me to a Cubs game. I guess you're just going to have to take me to another Cubs game so you can buy me a new hat. That's fine with me. Deal? Yep. (laughs) Uh, thank you for joining me again today. Sure. I know it's weird that we're, like, normally we would be able to do this, uh, obviously sitting in the same room, but I'm still in Texas with the twins and, you know, somebody has to work, so Bill came home (laughs) early. So it, so it goes. Yes, but this is our episode on, uh, we were giving a shout out to all the men in our lives. And uh, just like talking to the talk, sharing some of their stories and experiences about how infertility affected them. So I figured we should hear from an actual man. So thanks for filling in that void since I don't have a penis. (laughs) You're welcome. So I've just got a few questions for you. I I don't even know if I've asked you some of these ever before. But so the first one would be like... How do you think you personally dealt with the pain or the stress of infertility, like not being able to get pregnant year after year? I knew it was ongoing. I knew it was a challenge. But uh, 
I had a lot of faith that the steps we were going through were going to work. And obviously the miscarriage we had in the fall of 2015, uh, no, 2014, was a major blow. And that took me a long time to get over. But I never felt like the things we were doing when we started IVF were hopeless. I felt like it was a lot of work. I felt like it was a lot of time that we had to commit to this sort of thing and and time that we therefore couldn't commit to other things in our lives. But I never felt like it would never happen. And you drank a lot of gin. But I would have done that anyway. (laughs) Right. So you mentioned our miscarriage. I was actually going to ask you about that. uh, Because I guess my question was going to be what was the hardest part of the whole experience. And I was going to guess that you probably would say the miscarriage. Yeah. And you just said it took you a while to recover from that. Like, what did that look like for you day to day? Or how did it, I mean, I I obviously know how it made me personally feel. And it was like hard to even get out of bed some days. But, and, and I have actually never heard you say it was the hardest part of the experience for you. Um, so maybe you can talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was just, it was hard. It was our, we'd been through a lot already by then and we were so excited and we had shared the news with our families and even with some close friends not many close friends but a few and when we lost that child it was I mean naturally it was very hard it was hard it went from uh, what felt like a vindication of all the effort time money stress, emotion that we had spent to get to that point, and then it was gone. Just like that. Just like that. And uh, it just felt like, I don't want to say like it was all a failure, because that's not the right word, but it just felt like we were starting over again. Yeah. Which we were. I remember the reaction from some of my family uh, in fact, the the day it happened, I was on my way. Kayla, you remember, I was on my way to go on a hunting trip with my dad and brother and a bunch of other family. And you called me when I was literally getting to the airport to leave for that trip. And you had just gotten home after having been for your just a regular checkup. I think it, we were nine weeks along at that point. And I was just getting to the airport. And uh, obviously I I turned around and came home and I remember I went in to the terminal, to the ticket counter to cancel my flight. And the woman at the counter, she just looked at me and she said, what's wrong? She could tell. She could tell. I said, I didn't obviously go into it with her, but I said just, Something has happened, and I need to cancel my flight. And she looked at me sadly and said, Okay, I hope you're okay. And I remember 
telling my parents that it had happened and they cried uh, a lot. Even my dad, who doesn't cry much. And I remember getting a voice message from my brother who was driving home from wherever he'd been that day and he was choked up and in tears in his voicemail and it was a very sad day. And then through the coming spring, when uh, both, well, the, the, that baby would have been due in May. So it would have been shortly after Mother's Day and shortly before Father's Day. And I remember thinking about it a lot uh, on each of those days, both Mother's and Father's Day, and thinking, man, we don't get to celebrate this like we might have. But at the same time, at the same time, I knew that we had good doctors helping us with this journey and that uh, what we had gone through wasn't all that abnormal. Other people had been through it too, who had taken the steps we had taken so far. And that we just needed to keep our heads up and try again. And we did. Twice more. Do you remember, so you, I felt so bad, I almost didn't call you because I knew you'd been looking forward to this trip with your dad and your brother for so long. And I almost didn't I was like no if I if I call him he's gonna come home I almost didn't call you but obviously I'm glad I am because it was like the worst weekend of our life but um do you do you remember after you came home and the initial shock wore off and we both bawled in each other's arms do you remember the first thing we did no (laughs) we walked across the street and got a beer no we drowned our sorrows in beer. <laughs> and we weren't alone, as you discovered more than me through the online community about infertility. And that was very comforting. You mentioned the online community. It's obviously like saturated and inundated with women. I mean, for obvious reasons. Women are more like social creatures and more emotional, and they just tend to share feelings more than men, stereotypically. But did you ever feel like you wished there were more uh, outlets for you or resources for you? Or like, I mean, I would imagine most women, if they didn't have the outlet, like listening to a silly podcast of two girls who know nothing, (laughs) don't know what they're talking about. Something as simple as that can help give you um, encouragement when you're struggling through something like this to just know that somebody else... Um, has been there and like gets where you're coming from do you ever feel like you missed out on that or you wish there had been more of that or were you kind of cool just keeping it close to the vest (laughs) I didn't I didn't long for that Uh, I've I've come to know other men both before and since we've had children who have gone through the same thing and it's been fun for me to share stories with them and to hear about their experiences and to share ours. Uh, in fact, just recently, uh, probably three weeks ago, I I was talking to a, a guy I've known for a long time. He, he's in my business. He's a professional colleague. And 
he's going through the same thing right now. He and his wife just got pregnant via IVF. And so stories like that have been heartwarming. But when it was going on, I I didn't really feel like uh, I was lacking support from uh, what may be a male community out there. It just I didn't really seek that out. Yeah, I would imagine, like I've shared before, that I actually enjoyed the fact that nobody knew that about me at my job because it made it a little more easier to like compartmentalize my feelings. So because I didn't want to talk about it and think about it every second of every day. So I'm guessing that might be true for some men as well. Do you find now that, so I just recently talked about on a podcast that uh, when people approach me in public, which as you know, they do it all the time because we have twins. And more often than not, I'll, when they ask if they run in the family, I just immediately jump to, no, we did IVF. <laughs> like, do you find that it more readily just rolls off your tongue now? <laughs> I mean, if there's a reason for it to come up, it's not like it's hard for you to talk about it. No, it's not hard for me to talk about it. In fact, the, 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 the fellow I mentioned a minute ago who I recently learned had had been struggling with with fertility and, and is now pregnant, I told him, I said, one of the biggest things for me that made this all easier was to just uh, just get on board and just stop feeling like there's something wrong with you and just know that this, this is just something that happens and that lifted my spirits a lot. I also feel like one thing that on that same plane that it taught me about you is your sort of eternal optimism, which I kind of already knew that about you, but going through something this difficult and for that long, it really kind of shows you what each other are made of. It it would be easy to, I don't know, for things to fall apart when you're struggling with something so hard or it's just it's just very taxing on a relationship mm-hmm. and I felt like that was a positive thing for me that came out of it because you were just always eternally optimistic which I needed because sometimes it was really hard for me to be that way and so I appreciated that do you feel like it taught you anything about me <laughs> yes it did I learned a lot about your resolve that I didn't know before. And I wouldn't have known that before because we hadn't been presented with any kind of challenge anywhere close to this one. But I learned that you were tough and that you were going to face this with your head up, with your chin up, and take the blows as they came and fight the fight. I mean, just think about the the reason it all kicked off in the first place. And it might have happened eventually anyway, but the reason it started in the first place was you just walking into that office, no appointment. They'd never seen you at all, and you said, "I need help." Yeah. I I think I told people that on the podcast. I didn't even I didn't even wait like I didn't even I just literally walked into their waiting room and demanded an appointment (laughs) in the nicest way possible I want to wrap it up with a brief acronym quiz for you 
Are you game? Yeah, I'll probably fail, but yeah, I'm game. I'm expecting you to fail. It's okay. If there's any men listening, let's see how well you do. (laughs) Okay. These are all acronyms related to infertility. Bill just took a big gulp of his gin and tonic. I think he's nervous. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The first one is TTC. Trying to conceive. Oh, he's one. He's one for one. BFP. BFP? <laughs> B as in boy. F as in... Frank. Fuck. <laughs> BFP. Best friend's penis. <laughs> um, no. Big fat positive or big fucking positive however you want to use that term best friend's penis i like that though um if you know what bfp is maybe you know what bfn is big fat negative no guys bill wasn't born yesterday he has an economics degree from the fine university of notre dame he's really good at problem solving and thinking on his feet bill mcdougall everyone (laughs) <laughs> yes, you got it. Big fat negative. <laughs> okay. B D. I don't think you're gonna get this one. <laughs> uh big diaper. Um, no. But uh sort of real it's baby dance, which means to have sex. It's stupid. That one's so stupid. Um, okay. O-P-K. Uh. <laughs> this one I think I know. It's, it's, uh. Oh. Ovulation prediction kit. <gasps> wow. I'm so impressed. How did you know that? I know stuff. <laughs> you know stuff. Okay, awesome. Okay, I don't know about these two. AF. Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what would the Air Force have to do with vaginas and penises? I don't know. Hmm. I like Air Force better, Air- but whatever. <laughs> don't we all? Okay, and the last one, EWCM. EWCM. Mm-hmm. CM. Early, is that right? Maybe. For the E? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Egg white cervical mucus (laughs) do you know what i didn't know that and i don't feel badly about it (laughs) (laughs) do you even know why we would even be talking about egg white cervical mucus no but i'm sure you have a reason (laughs) guys it's been a long time since we've bd'd for a a bfp Bill's drinking more gin. 
Hey, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast again. You're welcome. I'm glad I could. Is it eerily is it eerily quiet at home without the tornadoes destroying the house? It's a little quiet. A little quiet. I've been doing some organizing. <laughs> you want to organize that closet while you're at it? No. <laughs> this is the least of our problems. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, then I'll let you get back to organizing and drinking your gin. I love you very much. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye, honey. Bye-bye. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Who even does know. that song? Uh, Ohio Express. Oh. Never heard of them. Okay, me neither. And that was my interview with Bill. Thanks so much, Bill. If you want to hear more from him, I interviewed him in what, episode five? Adventures Something. in the Jerk Off Room. Yeah, and he shared his own jerk off room story. So if you want to go hear that and others, go for it. Uh, thanks so much, Bill, for sharing. And then I think we wanted to close with an actual. I mean, you know, I love a good jerk off room story, Sarah. I've said this many times. So I found one that I thought was good that I thought I'd share because I know. Like most men don't share this stuff, but when they do, it is like, it's like just a golden nugget of, I just love it so much. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so I'm going to read some of this. I'm, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but this is from the, da, 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 uh, it's the website is, it's called the funny side of sperm analysis. It's from lifestyle health. And it was just recently published, uh, like yesterday so i'll link the article in the show notes all right i'm going to skip halfway not halfway but a few paragraphs in we'll start with some house rules in the article okay um number one lock the door which we found out is <laughs> from someone that if you don't lock the door someone might come in on you uh lock the door number two try not to spill any if there is spillage please notice the percentage lost number three wash your hands Yes. Number four, fill out the form. Okay, good. All right. Now, into the story. So he's describing the room. In one corner, a wicker basket with three magazines placed carefully and neatly inside. Sure, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Thanks to the invention of the internet, girlfriends and wives. I'd not picked up a stroke mag since I was a young teen. <laughs> Clearly, these ones were sourced by someone's thoughtful mother. Two out-of-date playboys and a jaded Mayfair. Potentially the stickier of the three. I've never heard of that one. I've never heard of Mayfair either. It must be... Yeah, whatever. To the uninformed, I'd have had a better chance with an Argos or an M&S Christmas catalog. I don't know what that is either. Maybe some dude out there does. <laughs> this is for them, right? Yeah. The TV, though. No channels tuned in, but sure. What station would I watch? Oh, there was a DVD slot in it, all right, but not a disc in sight. A horrible thought. 
are there men out there wandering around with pornographic DVDs on their person? Nobody said anything to me about films, but maybe that's the idea. That's what the table was for. Bring a movie, put the feet up, spend the day at it. I quickly <laughs> glanced at the form. Quote, did I have problems producing at the clinic? Well, that's not going to be a problem. I thought I'm practically bursting and so down to business. I decide to use the iPhone to search for sexy videos, you know, just to speed the process up. It wasn't to be. I was so far into the guts of this place. There was no reception. No problem. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what happened to Bill. <laughs> no problem. I'd have an old fashioned and use the imagination. Now, I have a spectacular imagination. I really do. And in it, I have what we men call a... What do you think Wank that's? bank. Wank bank. Got it. <laughs> He bleeped out some of the letters. Wank bank. Okay. Which my wife helps top up from time to time. Bless her. <laughs> so there I am. Eyes closed. Trousers around my ankles. Bare ass leaning on the exam table with my left hand bracing it to stop the squeaks. <laughs> my right hand choking the chicken that I brought with me when the hilarity of the whole thing got to me. And it all got a bit soft. Oh, no. Not to worry, a quick breather and we'll start again. And so once more with feeling this time. Stress can do funny things to a mind and mine began to wonder. How many men have been in here before me? How many men's bums have been where mine is? Am I having problems producing at the clinic? <laughs> Why would one need so much hand soap? <laughs> Why is the hazardous waste bin so big? Am I having problems producing at the clinic? <laughs> How long have I been at this now? And will they notice? Am I having problems producing at the clinic? Businessmen with blazers, pockets filled with porno movies. <laughs> Am I having problems producing at the clinic? Amongst these scattered thoughts, I realized that in the den I had been hearing what was my neighbor in the other room who was now rutting his way to a noisy crescendo. Ugh. Oh, no. Everything screeched to a halt. The bank foreclosed, and so I popped my headphones on and took another break. My final attempt was Herculean in effort, and I wasn't taking no for an answer. Let me say no more, except I'm generally not too worried about my aim in those final moments. So scrambling for a specimen cup with my other hand while trying to finish things up was a trick worthy of pen and teller. Ooh. I cleaned myself up as best I could, but as I searched for my technician... With hair slicked in sweat, my face more sunburnt than flushed, and my right hand as vascular as Hugh Jackman's. <laughs> it was quite obvious what I'd been at. In closing, do I have any advice? No. No, I don't. What can I say? BYOP. Bring your own porn. It's pocket billiards on a surgical bench. But I will leave you with this. With all the discomfort my wife has had to go through, all I was really asked to do was just have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> he must be British. Is wank bank a British thing? Um, not wank bank, but wank. Some of the other vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds kind of Britishy. Oh, but that was uh, a very descriptive uh, look into the jerk off room that I appreciate. It's like we were in his head. I love a good jerk-off room story. I've told you guys this. 
I will keep asking you to send them to me. (laughs) It's kind of weird, but... I know. Like, don't judge me. People are into weird things. That's just my thing. (laughs) All right. Um, In in closing, Sarah, do you have anything you want to say to the men out there? I mean, other than, guys, we know it's hard. And you know what I want to say? I want to tell them thank you for putting up with our bullshit. Because I know the whole... And you better be taking care of your lady (laughs) through this. I mean, I know it's emotionally not hard on... Or it's emotionally hard on everyone. But thank you for showing us some grace when we are acting like total crazy person. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. No, thanks for loving me through it. Yeah. Yeah. Peter seemed to enjoy giving me shots. I was just going to say, you know, the shots are one way that they can contribute. Don't take that away from them, Sarah. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I had to do plenty of shots on my own, too. But I always preferred if we could do it together. Nothing sets the mood like a good shot in the ass. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) And on that note, guys. Thanks for joining us today. As always, join our close Facebook groups called the Infertile Mafia and the Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies. Guys, you're welcome in there too. It's not just for women. Although, it's mostly women. So, be yeah, warned. It is mostly women. You might hear things about mucus and such. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email. Send us your jerk-off room stories to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating and review. We would love that. Uh, if you want to keep hearing more talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> yet. But we will talk about something. We'll talk about something. Yeah. We have a few things in the works and we don't want to tell you the wrong thing. But we have something gonna... exciting coming up. Yeah. But we're going to leave you with this song. We hope you like it. Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. what he does, he does so well. Makes me want to yell. Let's hear it for the more. Ah.